Hi, I'm Valerie Duncan. <clears throat> My husband is Stephen, and I have two boys, Lincoln and Samuel. Hi, Lincoln. <laughs> You're his name. Um, we've gone to Richland for about two years now. We live in Ipswich. Um, I was very happy to be asked to give thanks to God here today. I have so much to be thankful for. Of course, I am thankful for my family, my church, my home, and my job. However, there is one thing that I am more thankful than all of these for. One thing I should have spoken more about in the past in my life. One thing I should be sharing more because this one thing has changed my life and is continuing to shape me every day. That one thing is God saving me through Christ's death and resurrection. When I was young, I lived my life trying to please everyone, to be perfect, to always do the right thing. The problem is, no one is always right. I went to a program at a church that wasn't mine. Um, it was a, similar to the clubhouse program they have here every Wednesday night called Awana. There I learned that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, that the wages of sin is death, and that whoever believes in him should not perish, but will have everlasting life. I memorized these verses and many more. I heard the salvation message at least once probably every time I went. I had people ask me so many times, Have you accepted Jesus as your Savior? Do you believe in Jesus? And I would always say, yes, because I always thought that in my head. Yes, of course I believe that Jesus was God's son and died on a cross for my sin, for, on a cross for sinners. The problem was I didn't see myself as one of those sinners Jesus died for. I was goody two-shoes, teacher's pet, Val, who never did anything bad, or so I thought. So time went on, and I got into middle school, and I didn't go to that church program anymore, but I still remembered some of those verses. One night I was upset because things were not working out how I thought they should with friends, typical middle school, and I knew it was partially my fault. But how could this be? I thought I was a good person. How could I have done something wrong? I didn't know what to think about that, but I suddenly thought, and I'm sure it was God, that maybe I could find the answer in the Bible. So I went searching for one. I found my brother's old Bible on the shelf. Here it is. The one he used most of his end-of-the-year Awana points to buy. It was a New King James Version with nothing extra. No footnotes or explanations or anything. This is a part I'm going to try not to cry. <laughs> I had no idea where to look. But I knew where the books of the Bible were found because of that program. And I remember everyone always quoting John 3.16. So I decided to start there. Except that when I looked there this time, I didn't just read John 3.16. I read around it. And it opened everything up to me. And I'm not going to read the whole thing, but I'm just going to read some of it because I know that God's word is powerful. And it, it talks about Jesus talking to Nicodemus and telling him that he needs to be born again, born of the Spirit. 
And then I'll just start at John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already, because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation, that the light has come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light and does not come to the light, lest his deeds be, should be exposed. But he do, who does the truth comes to the light, that his deeds may be clearly seen, that they have been done in God. I suddenly knew I was the sinner Jesus came to save. I suddenly knew that I was not saved. I suddenly felt the intensely dark and empty hole I was standing over. And oh, what a feeling. I've never been so terrified in my life. But what an amazing relief I felt in the very next moment to remember the promises of God that I had been taught, that I had kept in my heart all these years. For in that very moment, after I knew I was destined for hell, I knew what could be done, what could keep me from falling into that hole. And that was a sacrifice of God himself through the death of Jesus Christ on the cross for my sins. The death and resurrection that made it possible for a sinner like me to come to God. I finally had a face-to-face prayer with God where he allowed me to accept that gift and begin to follow in his ways. How great is our God that he would save me. That is and will always be what I am most thankful for. I desperately pray for you that this is something you can be thankful for too. And I want to pray right now for you and for everyone listening. Dear God, thank you for your goodness and for all you have given to us. My prayer today is that all who are listening may know your grace. Please, God, open eyes to see your glory. Open eyes to the Savior. Give those of us who do know you intimately the wisdom and courage to share with others the hope we have in you. And you alone, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Good morning. My name is Brian Sharp. I attend church at Richland here with my wife, Gretchen. My boys, Daniel and Travis. Uh, we live east of Aberdeen in Bath, or close to Bath. We've been coming to Richland Church for about two and a half years now. One of the first things I'm thankful for is uh, God, who led us here to this church. I'm so thankful to be surrounded by a body of believers that love the Lord and encourage and strengthen one another. I'm thankful for the leaders of our church that pastor and teach us about God's, about God's word. I'm also, I'm also thankful for the elders of the church who lead and guide the church faithfully. 
I'm thankful for my family, my wife who, who walks with me in, in faith, who helps me to raise and instruct our boys. I'm thankful for God's gift to us, Daniel and Travis. They do tolerate my parenting skills that are at times certainly lacking. I also am thankful for my parents and my siblings, most of whom I am very fortunate enough to be in business with. Thank you. But most of all, above all, it's not, this, none of this is possible, any of this, without God. I thank Jesus Christ for saving me about seven years ago. The work that he did on my heart to replace my heart of stone with a heart of flesh I'm thankful that God says he will bring to completion what he starts. Nothing I can do can keep me saved as evidenced by my lukewarm feelings throughout my, my, uh, my, throughout my walk of, of faith. I thank him for growing me in holiness each and every day, allowing me to yearn and strive for more understanding of his of his word and, and also allowing for me to become more godly each and every every day but reminding me that as John Piper says I have the bestest robe of righteousness on me only from from Jesus he will never forsake me and I am seen as perfect but not yet in the eyes of God and finally, I do thank God that he takes away just a little bit of my fear of man that I can get up here today and say all these things. So, thank you. Hi, my name is Madison, and I've been coming to Richland for about four years now, and we're from Aberdeen. And... Uh, I am so grateful that God has allowed me to be in a truly Christ-centered church and to be surrounded by friends and family who love Christ and are willing to share their wisdom with me and guide me. For many years, I've been known as the good girl who can give you an answer whenever you want it, and I take pride in being able to give advice to other people when they come and ask for it. <laughs> and I struggled very much with giving up control of my life and letting God take control of it. And recently, he has become very real to me. And I've learned that it's okay if I'm not the one in control of my life. Because I'm 18, what do I know about life, right? <laughs> I have humbly come to the realization that Christ needs to be the one who is leading me and guiding my life. And I'm grateful that he has opened my eyes to see that and to understand that and I pray that I can honor and glorify him in everything I do and that I will live my life the way that he wants me to live it.
I don't know how I got put in the middle of all these young people, <laughs> but here I am. My name is Lyle Palmer. I live two miles east and two miles north of the church. And for those of you that are newer in our body, I kind of follow after the lovely lady that brought you the welcome basket. I've been doing that for over 60 years. I even get to go home with her at night. <laughs> we have five children scattered around, and uh, it may be that they're all five home this Thanksgiving. Sounds like it's possible. I'm always thankful when new families come because I know there will be fresh-baked buns, and I get to, get to use a few of them. You can see the results. <laughs> that may be the wrong reason to be thankful, but that happens. <clears throat> well, Pastor Ron said that I'm uh, kind of limited to five minutes. <laughs> That don't mean much to a guy my age. I can't remember five minutes ago. <laughs> He's been telling us to think hard about the hereafter. Every time I go into another room, I wonder what I'm hereafter. <laughs> well, I started coming to this church before I was born. I'm still here. And... That's because my folks were coming here before I was born. My earliest memories are that I wanted to live for the Lord. Now, that's not because I was a good guy. I believe it was because people were praying for me, my folks were praying for me, and God worked in my behalf. We have the same opportunity today, and it's a responsibility, too because we have many children in our body. God has blessed us with a good children's ministry, and it's exciting. And that praying that we need to do starts before they're born. It's exciting to pray for children before they are born and before they enter this world and get blasted with all the things that uh, come from this world. I wouldn't advise you to go around and ask people if they're expecting, but when uh, the word is out, go ahead and pray for those unborn children. It's great. It's a wonderful thing. I've told quite a few of that, you that uh, some of my earliest memories in church were in prayer meeting, how people prayed that God would keep this church open and make it a lighthouse on the hill where people would find the Lord. Those early people knew it was an up, going to be an uphill battle out here in the country. Well, God heard those prayers and answered them. Some of you here today may wonder, how, come, how did you end up here 
out in the country in Richland. It may be due to some of those prayers that I heard 80 years ago that God is answering now. And now we get to add our prayers to those prayers and, and pray that God will still keep this church open. He will bless it, bless the work, and people will still find God here. <clears throat> Therefore, now when you see that in the Bible, you know that what was said before is pointing to what I'm going to say now. With all that in mind, my main exhortation to you is that God is faithful. He's faithful in all generations. Some of us older folks have seen God work in the church through depression, through drought, almost floods, many building projects, and quite a few pastoral changes. God has always held us together and blessed our efforts in building and in adding staff. God called people to build this church 102 years ago out in the middle of eight or nine villages, towns around us. It was too far for people here to drive to church, probably 15, 18 miles with horses. They couldn't have made it there and back or they'd have missed Sunday dinner. And uh, so God planted a church here. And that faithful little band prayed that God would keep it open. Some of the lumber from the first church building was used in the fellowship hall. And we also have some memorial plaques made from some of that lumber that was in the first church. Pastor has them somewhere in the storeroom. I don't know if you're interested in them. The early people couldn't promise a weekly salary for the pastor. So they gave him 70% of the offering that came in that Sunday. The treasurer would count it out and split it and give 70% to the pastor and keep 30% to run the church. And the pastors were kind of like the bacon you see nowadays. There was a lean streak and a fat streak in them. Because some days they got a good offering and some days they didn't get much. It was kind of tough going. My father told me how one winter, I think it was the winter of 1936, when they couldn't have church for six weeks in a row, they had, Pat, Dad had one dollar in the house. And he mailed it to the pastor to help them out. He didn't need a dollar till he went to town. When he went to town, he'd have eggs and cream to sell that could get by. And so it, it, was, a, it was a tough go. It was a different life. One offering for missions that's recorded was 37 cents. And uh, by the way, I think Dad sent that one dollar with a three-cent stamp. God has blessed us more than we can imagine. He is so faithful to us. And living a long life helps us see the faithfulness of God. He has never failed when we follow his words or his leadership. <clears throat> In Chronicles, 
David and the people decided it was time to move the ark back up to where it should be. And so they just took off and started moving it. And they lost a man, and God worked in a way that scared all of them. And later on, David said, We didn't inquire of the Lord how to do it. It was written down in their instructions, but they didn't take time to inquire of the Lord. And so it was really disastrous for them. Later, when they followed God's instructions, they were greatly blessed. God is absolutely faithful when we follow his word or his leading. God hasn't worked as fast or in the way that I thought he would many times. But I find that his timing and his way is always better than mine. I'm impressed with God's faithfulness in my life. The longer I live, the more imperfections I see in my life. But God is faithful in showing them to me and forgiving me and giving me great peace. They say that gray hair gives you a distinguished look. Well, in reality, some days it feels more like an extinguished look. Even in dealing with the limitations of aging, I agree with the hundredth psalm of thanks. It says, For the Lord is good, and his love endures forever. His faithfulness continues through all generations. And we've seen it through generations in this church here. I take that not only as a statement, but as a promise. So, my words to you is keep on trusting the Lord. Whatever you're going through, he'll not let you down. Good morning. My name is Ken Trammell, and I live at Mina Lake. Um, I first came to, to church here in 1982, and um, oddly enough, that's exactly 30 years ago, and um, uh, came to know the Lord here in uh, just a short period after I uh, started uh, attending. Uh, I'm not going to talk about that today. I will, I will be forever grateful for the circumstances that, that brought me here. Um, but if I go down that trail, we might be eating supper here instead of dinner. So um, I will uh, go a different direction this morning. Uh, somewhere during this 30 years as a Christ follower, um, I came across this catchy little phrase here, which says Thanksgiving, which we're going to celebrate Thursday, the the celebration day of Thanksgiving, is not Thanksgiving until thanks is given. In Thessalonians 5, 16 through 18, we find these words penned by the Apostle Paul. Be joyful always, pray continually, give thanks in all circumstances, For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. I have much to be thankful for, 
But I have to be honest with you, there have been circumstances in my life that I have not been uh, able to be thankful for or thankful in, as the Scripture says. It says, give thanks in all circumstances. What I have found, though, is that in the midst of those circumstances or trial, there may be a nugget of blessing for which I am thankful. Um, Perhaps someone was blessed because of the way that God was working um, in that circumstance in, in my life. Someone heard the word for the very first time. Someone maybe came to Christ because of uh, the circumstance. And maybe some other um, uh, negative event was thwarted because of the, the circumstance. This could be a host of, of things, of many things that, that uh, could, uh, could come forth from, from that circumstance. And Perhaps that's true for, for many of you as well. Maybe there are, there are things right now that uh, a circumstance in your life um, that you're just not very thankful for, and who can blame you? And perhaps someday we will understand why God, God has called us to be thankful in the, in the circumstance itself. However, Paul did not write, be thankful, no, he wrote, give thanks. And that's the gist of this little, little, little saying I have on the screen there. I, I don't rec- uh, recall the author. We'll say it's anonymous. Maybe some of you have seen that along the way as well. Um, so my point is today is to, to give thanks. Um, so if you're in the midst of a circumstance that you find it hard to be thankful in, Try to find a nugget of blessing and give thanks for that. So let's remember this this week and especially on Thursday that Thanksgiving isn't Thanksgiving until thanks is given. And thank you. Good morning. My name is Erin Fosher. I live in Aberdeen with my husband, Corey, and our three kids. Um, I'm the last person that's going to share this morning, and I told Pastor Ron if he wanted me to, I could just talk until turkey time, but that made him nervous, so I won't do that. Um, I'm going to start off this morning by saying that I'm thankful to be with all of you. There's no place I'd rather be on a Sunday morning than worshiping here at Richland. Um, I came to Richland, Aaron Olson, with my parents, um, who were invited here by my Uncle Ken and his wife Peggy, who just who just spoke before me. Um, And as a small child, some of my earliest and fondest memories of Richland were the Sunday evening services that took place, um, which is the youth center now, our sanctuary. Um, Those services were just awesome. They were casual. And what we did there was um, you could request hymns. You call out hymns. um, And us Olsons, we don't sing, so I'm sorry, but we we do it anyway. and our favorite, our favorite hymn was number one in the old hymnal. It was How Firm a Foundation. Um, and my sister and I would always nudge mom and dad, and they would request number one as much as we wanted to, How Firm a Foundation. Um, the other thing that we did in those services was you could stand up 
and share with the people that were there um, just what God was doing in your life. There was an individual there, and some of you that were at those services might remember him. Every Sunday night, he was there. He would stand up, and he would, um, he would speak about God's faithfulness in his life. And um, just the Holy Spirit was just, he was full of the Holy Spirit. Um, his favorite thing to say was, I was in the sin business. I was the king of all sinners. And he would talk, um, talk and talk about how his eyes were open and he accepted Christ as his own personal savior. He would talk so long um, that his wife would pull on his sweater until he would sit down, but he didn't care. He would go home. So um, I've come to deeply appreciate this man um, and his thankfulness for God's transforming his grace and his life. And I'm so thankful that God brought me um, from the queen of sinners. If he was the king, I was... I was definitely the queen of sinners, um, and I'm glad that he brought me from the queen of sinners to um, a child of the king. Um, almost seven years ago, um, this Easter, Corey and I um, went down to a town by Sioux Falls, um, uh, interviewed and were offered and accepted teaching jobs. And so um, we moved there that summer with our, our Cooper. Um, it was just about... Oh, six or seven months old at that time, and he's seven now. So um, on our last Sunday here at Richland, people shook our hands. Um, they wished us well and said, you know, you never know when God's going to lead you home. And at that time, I laughed at those people and was like, I'm never, I'm never coming. I'm never coming back here because, you know, God has other things for me. So um, God took us there, and I'm also thankful for the people that surrounded us when we were there. He led us to a church where we grew. Um, and he placed people in our lives that, you know, when we were pretty sure, when Corey and I were pretty sure that we were married to the worst person on earth and we couldn't be with them one more minute, they said keep going. When we were pretty convinced we were the worst parents ever and our kids should be with other people, they said, no, you're not. Keep going. Thankful for those people in our lives, and I'm thankful for the church um, that we were in that challenged us to grow. Um, and I'm also thankful um, for the scripture where God promises that he has plans for us and they're not going to hurt us. He knows they're not going to harm us. Um, and I'm thankful that even when I, as the queen of sinners, say I'm not going to come back, I'm not going to do that, um, just like I do to my own children. Um, I take their face like this and I say, who's in charge? God does that to me and he takes my face and he says, who's in charge? And even if it's just a small little you... It's there. So I'm thankful that he hasn't given up on me.